We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now, people are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcast. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. You can get all your Pack-A-Day updates by following us on Twitter at Pack-A-Day Podcast. Remember, you can always subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, or Spotify. And, of course, you can check us out over at CheeseheadTV.com. I am Kyle Fellows, and I am here with my co-host, Andrew Mertig. Uh, What's up, Andrew? It is good to be back for another Friday Makes this a Black Friday episode today. Yeah, I I'm, I'm don't think I'm going to be bringing my normal energy today because I'm in a bit of a carbohydrate coma. But it is we're recording on Thanksgiving, and I thank you greatly for for taking a little bit of time away from your family to record. So uh, a very happy Thanksgiving, very happy Thanksgiving to you and to the listeners. The last two years we recorded an episode that people were able to enjoy on their way to like a hunting stand or a shopping trip for Black Friday or just relaxing at home with family. Well, 
I, for one, am rocking Thanksgiving solo, so I'm very appreciative of some some great podcasts that are available to help pass the time. And and certainly, you know, I, I would extend that that thankfulness to you and, and yours, Kyle, and and of course our listeners as well. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving, Andrew. I hope it was, you know, as good a Thanksgiving day is right now. I, I for one had some uh some Thanksgiving plans lined up with family and uh, uh, we live in a COVID world right now and everyone's fine, but just some precautionary things. Those those plans all changed and uh, ended up at home scrounging for food because we thought someone else was cooking it. And so, uh, uh, yeah, made the best of a, a wild day, but happy Thanksgiving to you, uh, Andrew, and to everyone listening. But um, Thanksgiving food is, it's, it's an interesting topic and I know we disagree on this and um, yeah, I'm curious, what did you eat for Thanksgiving today? All right, so I, I think I think this is going to get really deep, and it's probably something we could talk about a lot, and I know the Packaday podcast, because from, from our founder, Andy Herman, and then we have the what seems like Food-A-Day podcast that, that happens on, <laughs> on Wednesday as well. I know we're a very controversial enterprise and so I want to be careful about how I say but I do personally I'm a a very picky eater in my mid-30s still I I (laughs) am self-proclaimed that I eat like a 10 year old and so I take Andy's side on almost everything Um, I think he goes a little bit too far in saying Thanksgiving food is trash but I don't really like care for much of it like I will eat turkey but I don't love it fine. It's not something I would choose to go out of my way to eat. Um, Mashed potatoes are always good, but it's like not something I'm like hankering for. There's these biscuits my mom makes that that are like phenomenal, though I I have a sneaking suspicion that if I researched it a little bit, they're probably out of like some pre-made can. (laughs) I will tell you, Kyle, I'm by myself, so I'm not going to go out of my way to make anything fancy. I had a pizza today. In, nice. in the spirit of Andy Herman. Um, but I also, I made myself a coffee cake. Like, it was out oh, of a box. Don't okay. don't feel like I made... So, <laughs> okay. the reason why I'm not feeling so great is I ate way too much of that. He after, ate the whole after, coffee cake. <laughs> I did not eat the whole thing. Oh, okay. That might kill me. But okay. I, I ate significantly too much. So, uh, portion control was out of control, as it should be on Thanksgiving. So, what what, what were you able to enjoy? If, if you had nothing prepared, I'm, I'm sure it was just like what's around the house, right? Yeah, so it was a while. Day. I we kind of laughed because as of yesterday we thought we were going to you know the big full family ordeal with all the food and everything and uh, just you know some some cautionary measures needed to be taken and we're rerouting some of those plans for everyone's health and safety so um, yeah I was uh, I'm a big fan of Thanksgiving meal I will say we differ on this significantly I thoroughly enjoy everything and so at lunchtime. I had a turkey sandwich to supplement the loss of the turkey, right? So I've checked the box, although it was very sad. But I, this is stupid, but the relish tray, to me, is a big deal. So, like, I love the olives, black and green. I love the pickles. All these horrible things that I'm sure you're just, he's just shaking his head right now. So I filled my plate. I had these things in my fridge. So I filled my plate with all these things, and I, I made 
lunch, that kind of side of things. And then throughout the afternoon, we've got a we've got a two month old and a four year old in the house, and they do not care that we don't have time to like cook, right? So I like we made green bean casserole like one hour, and then a few hours later, we made some stuffing. So we just kind of ate throughout the day as as the as the dishes were prepared. And so uh, I've got some microwave mashed potatoes that I might throw in when we're done with this, but not the Thanksgiving that we we envisioned at all. <laughs> Can't, I can't believe relish tray got brought up. Listen, I'm a man if, who likes his. If you if, know. if there's one thing that's going to get me in a lot of trouble on this podcast, it is to say this: the Midwest tradition of supper clubs. I don't know if you're familiar with this in Michigan, but in Wisconsin, we have this big thing: the supper clubs. You go to the relish tray is the worst part of what is a terrible experience. I have literally no idea what. Also, they're clubs. horribly overpriced old fashions. But no? you're you're getting me down down a bad path. All right, path. All right. probably won't be on the podcast going forward. I also should mention I ate cranberry sauce straight from the can, so I at least got that bit of deliciousness in my life. So and and there was some awful football on today. Yeah, yeah, I saw some horrific Lions football, which is <laughs> tradition living in Michigan, like, that is what happens on Thanksgiving, but I, I was, you know, the Washington football team, say the correct name, man, I'd be excited to be a fan of the, the football team right now, and, and the future of, of maybe not, I don't know if I get excited about being a fan of that organization, but, like, they have some really nice pieces, and I think you can get excited about what you saw um, from their their little display of beating up on the Cowboys today. So some some mediocre football probably at best. Yeah, as Troy Aikman said, the red Washington football team <laughs> about sixty eight times during yes. the broadcast. Yes. Way to catch yourself, Troy. Yes. Uh they did look good, albeit against a very bad Cowboys team that made some really highly questionable decisions. I think Mike McCarthy took the feedback of he needs to be more aggressive way too far in his year off and uh they were were doing some stuff I just totally didn't understand and hey you know Antonio Gibson was picked a few few draft selections after AJ Dillon I'm sure that won't get brought up on that Twitter won't, won't at all really well. <laughs> yeah I saw some people asking like I wonder where the Packers you know had him ranked and those kinds of things and I mean a really special player like I I as much as I even liked him in that the draft process I probably underrated his ability to be that durable runner because of his kind of, you know, slash wide receiver status. And, man, he just – he looks like a complete player and really someone you see, like, um, with Coach Rivera coming over from Carolina and having someone like Christian McCaffrey just kind of a, a – not not that he's that player, but a plug-and-play and scheme and style and things he's able to do. So, like I said, really exciting uh, if you're a – Washington fan to, to see maybe some of the pieces you're going to have for years to come. Yeah, and their their pass rush is ferocious and it'll continue to be that way for, for the foreseeable future. But let's not get too carried away with Antonio Gibson after running through a really terrible Cowboys defense. Yeah, so, so there's some Packers news. I guess we should talk about the Packers. We're a little ways in here, but let's talk about what people show up for. Um, we do have some news on the Packers front. Um, we jump from stardom to some uh, bottom of the barrel kind of players, but some intrigue. 
exciting news here. The Packers have brought in Tavon Austin, former Rams and Cowboys wide receiver, uh, for a workout. And I, I, for one, was really intrigued by this because obviously Tavon Austin is, you know, a number one, former number one overall, not overall, uh, former first round pick. And we all know that Aaron Rodgers needs as many of those to throw to as possible to legitimize his career. Um, but if you can get him, a player like that in the fold, I mean, the return game is obviously the big thing that you think about. So I think you get excited about what he could be, especially in the absence of someone like Tyler Irvin. So intriguing to see what the Packers have in mind. Important for fans to keep in mind, he really has not been a starting wide receiver since 2017. Uh, was not highly targeted in the NFL since closer to... 2016. So this is this is a re- reclamation project here, and you're looking at a returner, um, Brian Price, uh, someone the Packers also brought in to work out. Uh, he was with the Packers in 2016, someone that I think a lot of people liked, and then uh, the Cowboys also liked, liked him, so they brought him down to Dallas. But Packers bring him back in uh, for another look there for some help in the middle of that defense. And Anthony Rush was brought in from the Chicago Bears, who are. Uh, coming up here this weekend, 350-pound defensive lineman uh, claimed off of waivers whom the Bears released. So uh, I don't know anything about Anthony Rush. Uh, Matt Lafleur also admitted he knows almost nothing about Anthony Rush, and so uh, someone to keep an eye on. Obviously, a very big body in the middle there. His PFF grade, you would guess, uh, he is much more efficient against the run than he is against the pass, and so it will be interesting to see if that big body can make a difference in this defense, or if they're just collecting some information during Bears Week. 2020 has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world, with more total visits than any other job site, according to CompScore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly, so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Term and conditions apply. Yeah, and and that was my first inclination. But you know, being a 350 pound dude, I I think you know the you can always you can always uh, benefit from having guys like that floating around your practice squad. That if you run into some injuries on the defensive line, you can kind of plug and play those those dudes that can just eat up blockers. I will say a couple of, of notes about the other two that you mentioned. Brian Price was somebody coming out of Texas San Antonio that I was really infatuated with as an undrafted free agent. And you and I have talked multiple times. There's always guys that come in with that UDFA label that immediately catch your eye. And Brian Price was one of those guys in 2016. I, I was going to uh, try to like panic look up what I wrote about him in my 
Packers Talk article back in 2016, <laughs> nice. but I didn't think Google would work quite that quickly, so um, <laughs> I will have to go back and, and check that out. But I know he was somebody I really liked, and, and he's sort of caught on as a pro, and mm-hmm. so um, it will be interesting to see because he's got a little bit of experience. Tavon Austin is the name, right? Mm-hmm. And so being a name will automatically generate buzz uh, regardless of, you know, if he's worthwhile or not. Mm-hmm. But I think one of the things, you know, I did see Tavon Austin's name floated around um, in in regards to Darius Shepard, who obviously, you know, kind of continued his struggles mm-hmm. against the Colts. And I like the idea of having a more dedicated return man. And yeah. and I got I got corrected a little bit on Twitter, you know, that that Tyler Irvin can is that guy. And and my reaction is. I like what Tyler Irvin does on offense, but I don't necessarily love him as a returner. Like, it, it's great that he's there because he's he's always going to make the right decision. He's got really solid hands. He, he most of the time is going to make the right decision between a fair catch and fielding the mm-hmm. the punt, uh, which is the important part in kick returns. Like, other than the Colts were purposely kicking it short against the Packers to try yeah. to win the field position battle and doing it very successfully. Um, kick returns typically don't matter too much, but it is nice to have just an electric guy that can make somebody miss. And, you know, say what you want about Tavon Austin. Um, you know, he's like 5'8", 160 pounds. And, and I, I think, you know, in, in a lot of ways, he kind of came into the league a couple of years too early. And and I think, you know, if if the Rams had known how to use him a little bit better, if we had some of this modern offense, jet sweep kind of stuff, I think he could have had more of an impact. And you saw him used in that way just a little bit. But, mm-hmm. I you know, if if you're going to give me Tavon Austin as the fifth or sixth receiver and, and a return specialist, give me that all day. Like, yeah. that, that guy has special, special qualities. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me what somebody can do, not what they can't. And, you know, if, if you're going to hand them the ball twice in a game on a jet sweep and, mm-hmm. um, you know, maybe you're going to throw them a bubble screen once in a while and all he's going to do is kick and re- return, uh, do kick returns and punt returns, then, yeah, sign me up mm-hmm. for that. I, I I love that idea. And, you know, if if you kick the can or you kick the tires on him and, and he doesn't turn out, Oh well, you know mm-hmm. what did you waste? But I, I'm very, very intrigued by that, and it, it's not just because he's a name. I, I, I think he could actually have a little bit of a role for the for the Packers. Well, you mentioned like the jet sweeps and those kinds of things, and I think one of the interesting things that we've kind of noticed change throughout the season is when Tyler Irving goes down, there is a little bit of a lack. The ability to use motion, it decreases. And so if you had another player on on the team that even if they're not a all-the-time on-the-field role, he could fill that role and do those things that would allow you to still run your offense the way that you want to. So I think that there's a little bit of that baked in as well. So some depth in that you know motion game. Uh, that allows you to get that speed going uh, right to left and as well as the return game. So interesting. Obviously, they're just working them out. This is not a signing, uh, but something to totally keep an eye on because it could be could be a nice But uh, let's keep going here into the show, Andrew. Uh, the Packers do host the Bears this weekend on Sunday Night Football. And with the Bears, there's always plenty of intrigue with the Chicago Bears. This is one of the oldest and best rivalries in sports. Uh, but this is a game that will play a large role in determining the winner of the NFC North. If Green Bay wins this football game, it's going to be a pretty tough uphill battle for Chicago to come back and, and win the North. But pull out a win in Lambeau this week. 
this division battle could come right down to when these two teams meet again at Soldier Field in Week 17. So lots on the line, lots to pay attention to. So Andrew and I are ready for another round of key matchups and X-Factors to get you ready for this football game on Sunday night. Yeah, and my my key matchup when the Packers are in offense is going to be Khalil Mack against Billy Turner. And the glamour matchup here would certainly be Mack against David Bakhtiari. But the Bears' defense loves to try to get Mack matched up against the tackle that they feel has he, he has the best chance to beat. So, you know, you saw this with Brian Balaga an awful lot, and, and typically he did a really great job. Billy Turner has played better than anybody expected this year. But if there's anything on tape that concerns you, at least from a historical aspect, is Turner's ability to deal with speed. And Mack still certainly has that, despite maybe a little bit of downtick in production from him. And if Turner oversets, Mac has a unique ability to turn speed to power and just really wreck your game plan. So, you know, we've seen Billy Turner can be a little bit vulnerable to a few really bad snaps per game, and those could end in disaster against a game changer like number 52 on Chicago. So... I fully expect to see Mercedes Lewis helping out. I expect to see Jamal Williams chipping and helping out. But I really think the best thing the Packers can do is run right at him. And, you know, if you believe in pro football focus, it's going to tell you Mac has an elite run defending grade as well. But I really think that they overvalue spat, splash plays in the run game. And I'd love to allow Turner to get out and get his hands on Khalil Mack. Plus, if the Packers are able to stay ahead of the chains, they won't allow the Bears' pass rush to just tee off on third down. So I, I think there's a, a path to to winning that, but really a win against Khalil Mack is probably just holding them to a couple pressures. It's not just completely erasing them off the yeah. board. Yeah, he's not going to be an invisible player, but you can minimize the damage for sure. So definitely going to be one to watch there on the right side of the line. Um, I'm just going to say out of the gate here, I am sick of playing against elite linebackers, Andrew. Uh, the schedule that we've been playing is totally unreal. We've played Eric Kendricks. We've played Darius Leonard, Fred Warner, Miles Jack, Devin White. It is not a fair list of players that this Packers offense has had to deal with. And this week we get Roquan Smith. Now, to be fair... Smith is not in the same category as some of those other players. Uh, Bears fans have been talking on Twitter about his run defense being inconsistent, and they sometimes feel like his instincts are even lacking. Uh, Regardless of what you think of him as a run defender, Smith is a pretty elite player in coverage, and Pro Football Focus backs that up. He's a top-five linebacker in coverage in the league for Pro Football Focus. And Andrew and I sometimes talk about how if a game were to go sideways, and obviously this is not – going to be a walk in the park against the Chicago defense, but if, we, if, if a game is to go sideways, and I think we feel pretty good about this Packers roster and what they could do in this game, especially at home, where could we possibly see things get off the rails if they were not to win? And, and Smith is a player who, be it on a blitz or making a play in coverage, could be a problem for the Packers offense that does want to get the ball to their tight ends and to their running backs. And so I'll be watching Roquan when the offense is on the field to see if he's um, effective in limiting and what the Packers want to do with those running backs and with those tight ends. Yeah, and so then moving over to key matchups on defense, I'm going to go with Allen Robinson against Jair Alexander. And the the Bears certainly will be focused on who is trying to get the ball to their wide receivers. <laughs> but but the fact of the matter is Allen Robinson has been one of the better wide receivers in the league despite really bad quarterback play over the last couple of years. And yes, 
On the Packers' side, Jair has met every challenge sent his way this season, and I see no reason to expect any different. But Robinson is going to give Alexander everything he can handle on Sunday, and when I think of ways that the Packers could potentially get exposed, the passing game is not necessarily the most obvious, but no matter how good you are as a cornerback, there are times when you get beat. It happens to everybody. Um, and if you, get, if you get beat a few times by Allen Robinson, it may allow the Bears to do just enough in the passing game to move resources from Mike Pettin's defense out of the box. And then you could potentially open that up for some long, sustained drives. I'm really glad that you talked about this matchup because you know my propensity to take the bait on the shiny objects, and that's always the wide receivers. That's always you know, these cornerback matchups. And Jair has been just a phenomenal player for this defense all season long. And so this will be a matchup to keep an eye on for sure. I think it's interesting. Obviously, we're talking about the quarterback, and we think that's going to be Mitch Trubisky on, on Sunday. And he adds a little bit in ways outside of the pass. He can he run the ball and those kinds of things. But he's probably going to chuck the ball up to what is his clear best option in the passing game, even against his better judgment and even against who may be in coverage there. And so if you target Allen Robinson 12 times, he's going to make a fantastic play at some point and maybe a play that is just enough to keep this game interesting if it's if it's not supposed to be as close as it might be if a player as talented as Allen Robinson is making plays um, that you know even other players may not make against someone like Jair Alexander. So something to keep an eye on there for sure. Uh, but go ahead. Uh, one, just one other quick thought, and you just sparked something. It, it would be interesting to see if, if Mike Pettin would be more likely to put Jair on Anthony Miller and let Kevin King and safety coverage sure. handle Allen Robinson, maybe just bracket him, thinking that there's not going to be a lot of other threats. Yeah. Uh, I mean, please save me. I'm going to I'm going to like deactivate my Twitter account if Jimmy Graham has a big day on Sunday, but um other than that, I mean, you know, and and maybe some checkdowns out of, yeah. of backfield. I'm not really worried about anybody in the passing game. So it would be interesting to see if, yeah. if Mike Patton goes a little bit different way with that, but especially cuz you uh, feel pretty good. I mean, Anthony Miller is a good player, but you feel pretty optimistic that Jair Alexander could kind of take that side of the field away. Um, yeah. Whereas Allen Robinson's going to keep his side of the field active, regardless of who's probably in coverage on him. So, and and we haven't seen anything to indicate that Patton's going to do anything except let Jair shadow the number sure. one receiver. And I think Jair right. really flourishes in those situations. I, I think he he wants that challenge, and I think he gets kind of bored when he's covering guys that aren't elite. So. I, I think yeah. that's totally justified. It's just it's a different way of thinking about it. It's it's more of the Bill Belichick system to um, say we're not going to give you your number two receiver mm-hmm. and we're just going to double your number one all day. Um, but just a just a random Thanksgiving thought. Yeah, and I I hope Jair comes out and regardless of who he's covering, um, you know he spent some time beat up and he's a fantastic corner. I hope he gets an opportunity against Mitch Trubisky to make. Make a play on a ball and really uh, cement his stat. I mean, he's, he needs the Pro Bowl, not absolutely this year, the way he's played. I hope he gets that opportunity to, to kind of pat those stats a little bit and help out this defense on Sunday. But for me, I'm going to be talking about Kenny Clark 
versus this Bears interior offensive line. And I think Clark has heard some of the whispers. Uh, some fans are talking about how he's not living up to his master contract that he just signed. But he's really turned things up these past couple weeks. And I think people need to remember that he's coming off that injury at the beginning of the season. Uh, but he's he played a stout in the offensive line on Sunday. And stout is not a word I would use to describe the Bears' offensive line, especially the interior part of that offensive line. Average is probably the best word that you could use to describe that group right now. At center, Cody Whitehair has been average. The guards, Fetty and Daniels, have been average. Uh, they've done a decent job in the running game, but their pass blocking has been pretty abysmal all season. In fact, Whitehair grades as the second-worst pass blocking center in football, and that's according to Pro Football Focus. And so last year we saw Kenny Clark absolutely wreck a couple of games. In the Minnesota game, uh, a couple of those Minnesota games come to mind when he was matching up against a struggling rookie in Garrett Bradbury. But Clark is just someone who can take over games. And I think this is going to be a matchup worth watching on Sunday night. And I don't think that you'll have to strain hard to necessarily notice because I think 97 is going to be in the backfield early and often causing all kinds of problems for the Chicago offense. And I'm I'm really glad you brought up the Bears offensive line. I you know we we say it all the time. This isn't a fantasy football podcast. I, that that's not the intention of this story. But I do okay. just so happen I'm in three fantasy leagues, and I happen to have David Montgomery in all sure. three. And there's there's one league I'm in where I co-manage a team with my friend. Uh, he's probably actually listening to this, so he'll get a kick out of it. Um, and he always like jokingly sends me updates about the Bears game and and he'll be like oh David Montgomery just broke three tackles and got negative half a yard <laughs> <laughs> because the Bears offensive lineman is so uh, just offensive line is just atrocious and I think it's interesting because there was so much hope from from a Bears standpoint that James Daniels and Cody Whitehair were going to fix this and they've yeah. actually gone the other way they've become right. the problem um, whereas it was the tackles before, and now they're just this like shuffle of five guys. It, they, they get some decent play once in a while from one of their tackles, and the name's escaping me. But, um, I mean, it, it has been a rough, rough path for, for this team, both for the quarterback and the running game. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment, or an overbearing parent screaming words of wisdom from the stands, fewer than 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. Whether it be 30 years of Hall of Fame QB play in Green Bay, or 30 years of quarterback torture in Chicago, Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for watching football. Yeah, absolutely. Very, very interesting. You know, I, you mentioned those names, Whitehair and Daniels, and I was surprised when I pulled up Pro Football Focus to see, and I know it's not, you know, the be-all, end-all with Pro Football Focus, but their grades are not good, and these are players that, as you said, they expected to be pillar players for this team, and you cannot just be completely disrupted up the middle in the NFL and expect it's not fair. I mean, they don't have great quarterback play, but you could put even the best of quarterbacks back there and it's not going to look pretty if, if you're dealing with what the bears have had this season. So uh, back to the off season for the bears trying to fix <laughs> the offensive line. But Hey, um, hey, do you want to talk about X factors? I don't actually. 
<laughs> Do you want to talk about X Factors? Yeah. It's going to be absolutely insufferable. So if if you guys just want to go ahead and end the episode now, you'd save yourself some some uh, some serious pain right here. I finally got one right. Yeah. <laughs> so I I had Raven Green as my X Factor, and and one of my favorite things in the world is I know that when I get an X Factor right, I'm going to tweet about it and I'm going to tweet at you. But my favorite thing in the world is when when people who are listening immediately tweet at you. <laughs> <They're> like, <laughs> but the X Factor is right. Like uh, it's that's very exciting to me personally because anytime I get to to throw a barb at you, it's right, uh, right. It, it's it kind of makes my day. Gotta be uh, honest. I was close. I picked Kamal Martin. Which <laughs> Stupid because he doesn't you, play as many snaps. But. You you've been right way more than I have. No no no! It's Don't just, try to sugarcoat this. No, it's true. It's if true. I would have just you had Jamal picked, Williams going into his, his massive game, that was a yeah. A really, okay, that's true. Raven Green had a really nice yeah. game. Um, obviously the forced fumble was was the splash play that that he was able to create. But I mean, I, I thought just all around he played really well. So this week I'm going to go with the most boring pick possible. Do it and. I'm going to pick Dean Lowry, and uh, I've never seen Lowry as anything more than a replacement-level player, so not some high praise coming here, but um, also, in addition to that, his contract extension was a big surprise to me because I didn't think he was much better than an average player, and he certainly hasn't lived up to that contract. However... I thought he did some really nice things last week, and I think he has a chance to build on that. If the Packers' defense is going to improve, it is going to take the Smiths playing much better, but also the D-line needs to make a marked improvement. So you have Lowry, Kingsley Kiki, Tyler Lancaster. They need to do something to take pressure off of Kenny Clark, and I think this is the week Lowry makes a splash play and makes an impact in the run game. Maybe he gets like that uh, um, J.J. Watt pick six this week. Yeah. Didn't Kyle Lowry have a pick six? I was I was at the game. I think so I he did. Yeah. It was it was at Lambeau yeah. last year, two years Something ago. Something like that. Uh, yeah. Really He's nice. done it before. Yes, he has. There's precedent here. Okay. So <laughs> for me, I'm going to talk about MVS. And I know this is going to sound kind of cliche coming out of out of the week that he's had and, and all the, the media surrounding MVS. It is certainly a feel-good story that I'm hoping for, right? I want MVS to come out and just have an incredible game after such a low week last week. But I think there are some actual factors here that may allow for this to happen. Um, Aaron Rodgers wants him to find success again. I think even if Rodgers secretly has a hard time trusting MVS's hands, I think he knows what MVS does for this offense and the ways that he's able to open things up um, with with how he's able to get behind safeties and those kinds of things. I think Rodgers is going to target MVS in this game and try to help him rebound. Um, Jalen Johnson, Buster Screen, Eddie Jackson, these are players in this Bears secondary who also make this a very intriguing pick for me to select MVS. Uh, Jalen Johnson, the rookie, he's going to be someone that, that is going to see some coverage, whether it's MVS, Guard, um, Buster Screen and Jalen Johnson are not playing especially well. Eddie Jackson is on the COVID list, and Eddie Jackson has not posted very good PFF scores this year, even when he's on the field. So interesting uh, to Sean Gibson, the other safety, not good right now. So lots of opportunities to get behind this Chicago Bears defense. So I'll be paying attention to see if that's 
the goal. Obviously, uh, time for Aaron Rodgers is going to be key, but we know how far MVS can run when the ball is up in the air. So some opportunities there uh, could be in the making for MVS. Uh, I'm looking forward to hopefully seeing that. And even if, and we saw last week, MVS doesn't even always have to catch the ball. There's plenty of opportunities to force a young corner like Jalen Johnson uh, to get a little grabby when he's getting beat by such a fast player in MVS, uh, maybe get some pass interference calls as well. So I'm looking for a big rebound for MVS. I know everybody's rooting for him, um, but I think that's possible in this one. Yeah, and and I just wanted to say, I mean, coming off this week, I certainly in the past I've been very critical of MVS as a player, yeah. and and part of that is you know even on that that crazy catch he made uh, leading to the the game tying field goal, he had a basket catch that, and that's not ideal, right? And his his hands continue to be a question mark. I just wonder, like, does this week and his team rallying around him? Is this the thing that finally gives him that confidence? Because MBS yeah. doesn't have bad hands. He he's dropped a lot of balls in the past, but it always seems to be it. It doesn't seem to be ability because I've seen him make fantastic catches. I just sometimes he lacks the confidence to go out and just pluck the ball with his hands, right. and he he does a lot of the body catches, and and I think that's been a serious problem. And and my hope is. He's seen his quarterback is out in public advocating for him, mm-hmm. and his teammates are rallying around him, and I, you know, his head coaches, and and I just I'm hoping that this is the thing that pushes him forward because he has all the talent to be mm-hmm. a really really good football player. And um, the other thing that I wanted to say, he's played two really good games in a row, and yeah. he had the very first fumble of his career. Uh, yeah, I mean, the timing was brutal, but he's been such a nice second option in the passing game in the last two weeks, and this should go without saying. Threatening somebody's life over a football game makes you a pretty trash human being. And, like, I really just think as a whole, we need to lighten up about our sports team. This is coming from a person who spends hours each week talking about said team. <laughs> but, you know, be critical if you want. That's fine. There's yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. It's not my personal, like passion to like be super negative but if if that's you cool but like know when the line is and like don't come so close to the line <laughs> don't you know say like we, we have to, the packers <laughs> lose and people are like lashing out at each other on twitter and then threatening right. players lives and like it's it's not that serious this right. this is um it should be enjoyable sometimes it's incredibly frustrating sometimes like your mood is bad because because of how the Packers play. I get that, but like these are humans too, and that is the key takeaway. Like these are people, and I don't know. Maybe I understand that because I I I see Packers players in the community, and like I interact with them. From I, it, it used to be a lot more when I was in my twenties, but like I you know they're people. They have to live with this stuff too. They're trying to make their dreams come true. They work incredibly hard to get to where they are. And, like, mistakes happen, right? Like, especially physical mistakes happen. Mm-hmm. You got the ball punched out. It, right. it, it's okay. It like, yeah. it stinks. They could have won the game. But trust me, MVS was not the reason they lost. In fact, he's the reason they almost won. Yes. And so I think, you know, backing off that and it. If you want to continue your hate of Mike Pettin, then feel free to do that because that was 
the defense was a significantly bigger problem than MVS ever was. And I just want to say, you made the point that, like, he was having another great day, and, like, that's been... A lot has been made about the career game that he had the week before. I really think if this fumble doesn't happen, we're talking about this as MBS's best game. I mean, making plays, obviously the pass interference, what sent them to overtime, making catches in the middle of the field, getting down and, and getting the ball on maybe not the best place throws. Like, I thought it was maybe his best game to date if you eliminate that last second mistake. So, I mean, lots to build on. I hope he's able to, you know, like, pick up um, all the positive encouragement he's receiving yeah. and just really take a step from here. And just from a football perspective, I, I don't, yeah, I mean, MVS was carrying the ball a little bit loose, but I don't think he was expecting a player to be there because he, he's, he's trying to get in behind his blockers, and Julian right. Blackman just read that play incredibly well. He got there super quick, and then he was able to make a really great play on the ball. And so sometimes you just tip your hat to the defense, like, great play. Right. And, you know, un- unfortunately that happened in overtime. But, you know, it, it's, it's, it still was a really nice game from, from MBS. So um, anything else that we wanted to talk about this week? I mean, it's up to you. Do you want to get into whether or not we want to talk? Uh, we'd rather face Mitch or Nick on on Sunday. Sounds like the decision's been made, but the what, decision's what been made. Does that make? I, I don't know. I, I I personally think Nick Foles is like super overrated, and like what he did twice essentially leading the Eagles to the Super Bowl and then coming back the next year and and coming in for Wentz and leading them on a really nice playoff surge, um, you know, that's very impressive. But if you look outside of that, I mean, this is still the same guy who is on the Kansas City Chiefs and got cut. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And and then signed a big, big deal in Jacksonville and basically got benched for a six-round pick. Sure. Like, he's still that same guy. And so, like, Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl. I think Nick Foles is the same kind of guy where, like, yeah, he's he he should be a starting quarterback in the NFL, but he's probably somewhere in that twenty to thirty range for mm-hmm. starting quarterbacks. Right. Um, not definitely not a guy that's going to carry sure. your team. I think Mitch Trubisky isn't as bad as people say he is, and and I know that's a little bit controversial, but. You know, if you use him in the proper way, Mitch Trubisky is an excellent athlete. He can get out and he can run. He can make things happen when the play breaks down. Again, he's probably a 20 to 30 rated NFL starting quarterback. I don't think he's a backup. I don't think he's a guy that's going to be out of the league in three years. I I think, you know, when the Bears inevitably move on, um, unless Mitch gets really hot down the stretch and they give him sure. a massive extension, sure. which which <laughs> they probably should. No, but when, when, <laughs> when they move on from him, I could see him um, spending a year or two as a backup to probably either a veteran quarterback or he could be the starter somewhere that's going to bring in a rookie that they want to bring along yeah. a little bit more slowly. And I could see him having some decent success, right? You sure. put him on a team with a really good defense, a strong running game, I think he can make enough plays with his legs that, that he can make up for that inaccuracy in his, his arm strength. So I, I don't know. I don't have a preference. I think they're both kind of bad as starting quarterbacks. <laughs> and, you know, that's not that, that's not even meant to be mean. Like, I just... They're not top-notch starting quarterbacks, right. so neither one of them is going to hurt you. The The question, if you're a Bears fan, is, like, which of these quarterbacks is going to hurt our own team the most? 
And I think right now Mitch Trubisky tends to make some make the most mistakes, but Foles hasn't been any better. It's yeah, it's a toss up to me. Yeah, I you talk about like the roller coaster of of a career that you know Mitch Trubisky's had, and you do go back to the UNC decision to leave so so quickly. If he had stayed and maybe just gotten a little bit more comfortable, learned a little bit more about. Um, himself and, you know, ability to, um, you know, run an offense and those kinds of things before coming to the NFL and coming at him so much faster than he uh, is very apparent that uh, he's kind of been over his head at times there. But the thing about Mr. Bisky is he does, as you said, have the ability to extend plays and his legs will, he will, he will convert some first downs on Sunday night that the Bears should not convert if if Nick Foles were the quarterback and just by virtue of him being able to, to scramble out of the pocket and, and make some plays. So um, I, I think Mitch gives them a chance uh, in, in some games and in some situations that Nick doesn't, uh, but I, I'm with you. I don't think that this is uh, a just situation-changing uh, kind of thing that the Bears are going through with, with naming one over the other, but uh, that's what we're looking at. We're glad we have Aaron Rodgers and we're not talking about Mr. Bisky and, and Nick Foles as, as possibilities. But I want to mention really quickly, um, if, if you're okay, are we done with, with Mitch and Nick? Oh, I was I was just going to like make the point. I think perception is such a weird thing when it comes to how players are viewed. Like, like uh, perception is how they're viewed. But, like, it, <laughs> it's weird how we develop this perception of players, right? So, like, if Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson hadn't been so successful, is Mitch Trubisky still getting the same like hate? Uh, well, yeah, probably sure. a little bit. Uh, yeah. But you know, it every time somebody says Trubisky, they mention Mahomes, and and like yeah. that's not really fair. No, nobody. I I don't remember a single draft pundit that had Mahomes, you know, rated as a top three player or sure. whatever. Now, did the Bears take Trubisky too high? You can argue that all day, um, but if if their careers are flopped and and you know may, maybe things are are a little bit different, mm-hmm. I think the same thing you know with with AJ Hawk who was always a very serviceable starter. The worst thing was he was the number five pick in the draft, and so people always like destroyed him because of that, even sure. though. He, just did his job and he was a good football player. Like he wasn't great. He was, you know, he didn't quote unquote live up to the billing of the number five pick, but I, you know, I, I don't, it's not his fault. He was picked there. And it, yeah. it's the same thing. We, we saw Alex Smith lead the Washington football team to a win today. His career was chronically affected by Aaron Rodgers because he was always like, even when he had success in San Francisco and then he got dealt to Kansas City and had success there, he was always not Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. And and I, I feel like that always really hurt the way that we thought of Alex Smith. And I wonder if Mitch Trubisky can carve out an Alex Smith-like career. Because mm-hmm. they do have kind of a similar skill set. Trubisky just hasn't shown that he can be as accurate as Smith developed into later in his his career. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely something to keep an eye on. I, it will be so interesting to see, you know, how the rest of the season goes. This next stretch of games, Mitch can obviously change the narrative and really put a lot of pressure on the Bears to make a decision about their future at quarterback going forward. But, Andrew, there is some things going around uh, the NFL at, at the national level. Is that something that, you know, we think we should at least discuss on the show today? Yeah, I think we can touch on this. I, you know, the the 
Pittsburgh fan base and the the Steelers players seem really upset that this game was um, postponed from Thursday to Sunday, and now it looks like it could be canceled. We know Lamar Jackson has tested positive for COVID, um, and I think it's something like 11 additional Baltimore players tested positive. So it it just doesn't seem realistic that they're going to get this this game done. And you you understand that. And I, you know if you want to be really frustrated as a Pittsburgh fan, that's fine. But I wouldn't want the Green Bay Packers playing a team that potentially has every player on the field has been exposed to COVID in some capacity, right? Because then your team is going to be affected by that. And so it makes sense that the game would be postponed. I don't know, you know, maybe by tomorrow morning when people are listening to this, we'll, we'll know the answer. But what are your thoughts on the NFL potentially extending to a, a 18th regular season week? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because we've made it this far into the season uh, with minimal bumps along the road as far as the schedule goes. It's been something that the NFL has been able to remedy pretty quickly. The problem is we are going to get into more and more of these scenarios, and it may benefit the league and teams to, in my opinion, just have that Week 18 built in as an option, um, say, these scenarios come up. You can just automatically assume they will go into an 18th week and no one has to stress about it anymore. It takes a lot of pressure off the NFL uh, to make these games happen, especially if it is in these kind of circumstances with two teams with huge playoff implications and star power. So be interesting to see. But I know you raised a, a point earlier off, off air uh, that that gets a little bit complicated um, as far as the competitive advantage goes. Yeah, and I mean, of course, if if the Ravens, the Ravens aren't even a playoff team, and that, that's a separate conversation right now. The AFC playoff picture is wild, yeah. but if if the Ravens are in the hunt and they have to play against a, a Pittsburgh team in quote unquote Week 18, they may already know what the result they need, right? Because Week 17 is done. They may know what they need. Pittsburgh might have that wrapped up and may just say, well, we're we're leading into, let's say they're, they are the one seed, they're leading into a bye. They may just sit everybody and then Baltimore walks into the playoffs. Um, it might be a situation where some teams are playing and other teams get a get a free bye week mm-hmm. um, leading into then a matchup against a team that played the previous week. Um, and that's an unfair competitive advantage. There's all sorts of situations that could play out here. The fact of the matter is, like, people need to take this seriously uh, because I, I don't think people realize how NFL probably is to having to just shut things down, period. And so I love that they're taking these extra precautions. Um, do I think the NFL suddenly really cares about its players? No. But... I, I do think they care about their product. <laughs> yeah. And potentially, you know, having to shut the season down and then pushing it back like, like the NBA did, for instance, like MLB did, that's really bad for yeah. for what's going on. It's bad for the players. It's bad for your next season. And so they don't want to have to do that if they don't need to. So being extra cautious I think is good. I think Regardless of competitive advantage, I like the Week 18. I think even if they needed to push everything back a little bit, right? We have a we have a built-in bye week between the championships and the Super Bowl that they could potentially eliminate. I don't see why they can't move the Super Bowl back, but I'm sure there's some business decisions there that uh, would affect it. But 
you know, whatever whatever they need to do to keep the players safe and also, um, you know, to, to keep us being able to watch NFL football, I think is a good decision. And also, I really hope that they destroy the Ravens as a <laughs> franchise for having an employee who is so irresponsible that they decided to go to work with symptoms knowing that they probably were going to test positive. And, I mean, like, yeah. can we stop doing this? Yeah. Like, as yeah. a society? Yeah. we got to get this right. Obviously, it's a lot bigger than football. Uh, there's a lot of families involved with those those players, and uh, this goes a lot further than, than just the, the on-field product. But you're right. It, the NFL is going to care about that. There's a lot of star power in Lamar Jackson. We had Cam Newton, but, I mean, Lamar Jackson's a whole other level. This is uh, an in-division game. That has a lot of implications for the playoffs and, and all those kinds of things with the Steelers being, uh, are they the lone undefeated team left in the league? They Andrew? are. Yeah. So this is a big deal. I mean, this is this is a game they want on the national stage. It'll be interesting to see how they move these things around. But obviously the COVID things are, are top priority, and we've got a third of the season left to go. So they've got to figure out not only the solution to this, but this is going to continue to come up as the numbers remain as high as they are around the country. Yeah, so uh, Kyle, uh, do, do you want to do a show in like two days? Sure, why not? You want to do a show? Yeah, why not? I don't think the listeners want to hear us anymore, but <laughs> did, did, do you have an announcement to make? I do have an announcement to make. Um, Andrew and I just found out I had an announcement to make. So Andrew and I will be back on Sunday night. You will not hear us until Monday morning, but we will be here to break down the action from the Packers and Bears game that happens on Sunday Night Football. Um, you usually get the wonderful Andy Herman, often joined by Ben Fennel, to help you with that breakdown. We're swapping shows with them. They're giving us the highlight uh, episode to talk about this Bears matchup. So we'll be back. You'll hear us in just a couple days. And so we won't get the buffer of you all forgetting about all the awful takes we had in our key matchups and X-Factors. You'll get the immediate accountability right there on Monday morning. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure this is a punishment because I said that um, I don't know how Andy handles dealing with the immediate reaction of the game (laughs) last week. And so he was like, I know how I can make you feel that. Uh, So hopefully the Packers win and we get to talk about a victory um, as opposed to what would be an incredibly devastating loss. So, um, but that is all the time that we have for today. This has been the Packaday Podcast. You can find Kyle on Twitter at Packer underscore Pundit, and you can find me at Andrew Mertig. Remember to also follow at Packaday Podcast. Please subscribe or get the podcast if you like what we're doing. You can catch Kyle and myself every Friday, except next Friday, as we just said. Uh, we will be on Monday breaking down the very Bears game we just previewed. And then, of course, Andy Herman and Ben Fennell will be taking our Friday show next week. So thanks for listening. And as always, remember...
The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.